And joining us on the line at this time is Matt O'Brien, Director of Research for Federation for American Immigration Reform, and he's also a former Assistant Chief Counsel to ICE. And we're going to be talking about this controversial issue that doesn't seem to me to be so controversial to simply ask a question on the census. Are you a citizen? Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for having me on. Good morning. You know, Matt, every time I think I've seen it all, I've not seen much of anything, and it seems as though that here we go again, worrying about uh, the feelings, the emotions, and the rights of people that are in this country illegally. And then even more incredulous is that states get to take advantage of that when it comes to doling out money and having representatives in Congress. It's insanity. The New York Times uh, ran an article last night called New York Has Seven Billion Reasons to Worry About a Census Question, and it points out that a lot of the jurisdictions that are complaining about these things are the ones that have actively courted illegal aliens. They now believe that if there's a citizenship question on the census, those illegal aliens will not respond, and therefore they'll wind up losing money or potentially losing seats in Congress. Yeah, so, I mean, this whole issue, and, and it comes up, the Trump administration believes that under the vote, uh, the, the Voting Rights Act, that they have an obligation to know who actually is a U.S. citizen, who's eligible to vote. Because in federal elections, uh, illegal aliens are not allowed to vote, correct? That's correct. But in some states, in state and local elections, they are. That's correct. And what is the implications in, in the inherent uh, conflict between those two positions? Well, the biggest problem is that once you start registering illegal aliens, if you want to have any integrity in your local election, and there are several jurisdictions in Maryland that allow illegal aliens to vote in school board elections and municipal elections, once you start registering them, it becomes extremely difficult to provide them with a, a different type of documentation since our voter registration systems are so poor in terms of identity management. So once you've done that, the fact is all of us who work on this side of the issue, as FAIR believes in it, think that these people are then going and voting in federal and all kinds of other elections because they've been given some type of voter registration document. Yeah, you know, and, and, and what is incredulous to me as well, and I'll just read this very short, that two individuals are looking to identify folks to get them ready for the census. Now, we're in 2018. The census will be conducted in 2020. And it, this article goes on to say that they squeezed through a gap in the fence. They stepped over two rotting mattresses and an old tire and peered into a backyard. The neighbors eyed them suspiciously. suspiciously. You guys with ice? Uh, no, they laughed. Um, you know, we're looking uh, for folks and trying to see where they are, looking for sheds, garages, trailers serving as makeshift homes. They're not out there to, to harass anyone. And there's this new term now as a result of this pilot program called low visibility housing. And basically what it is, is they're living in people's backyards with a makeshift, makeshift shed, some tin put up, illegally. They're violating all of the ordinance of the local communities, uh, and these folks are going out there in, to make sure that they get counted in the census. It, it's absurd, and I cannot 
believe that the founding fathers countenanced this when they set up the constitutional requirement for a census. And I think evidence of that fact is there wasn't any discussion of counting illegal aliens versus citizens. It was just presumed, since the census was required to count all persons, that reasonable government administrators would ask questions about appropriate legal distinctions that give people different statuses in our society. So, and what they're saying now is that when they collect the data, the data is protected. It cannot be shared, you know, the specific demographic stuff that you collect with other government agencies because of some previous practices. It was used during World War II to intern the Japanese that were here. And as you said, a lot of folks were never counted and were restricted from being counted. And they're saying that the concern is that they don't trust in the Trump Organization and they're not going to share this information with the Department of Homeland Security. I don't believe that's true because if you look at what's gone on recently, you had a number of the DACA kids who are technically illegal aliens who are apparently so afraid of law enforcement and deportation that they chained themselves to the desks of legislators on Capitol Hill. And the response of federal courts in D.C. was to find ways not to charge them with crimes that would result in them being deported despite the fact that they don't have any legal authorization to be here to begin with. So this whole argument that illegal aliens are somehow afraid of law enforcement or the Border Patrol or any other authority here in the United States is just absurd. We've been so lax with enforcement for so long that there's no longer any deterrent effect. So when we think about this, this really all comes down to the appropriation of power in this country and the appropriation of money. And at risk is $675 billion in federal funding that goes to the states for health care, schools, public housing, and roads. And it begins to become, for me, evidently clear why California has decided, hey, one way that we can boost money coming from the federal government is to be a sanctuary state. And therefore, we get to count everybody. Well, it's like Margaret Thatcher said. The problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money. And this is a clear example of that. You have a number of failed social democratic welfare policies that are bankrupting the state of California and the state of New York and other states that have taken this approach. And they need the money. They also need the votes because the Democratic Party, as the result of the last election show, have abandoned what most average Americans consider to be their core values. So this is a way of the Democrat Party trying to hold on to control of the purse strings and to try and recruit new voters. They're so desperate that they're going to illegal aliens, hoping they can amnesty them and then generate more Democrat voters as time goes on. And it's not like this question has never been asked on the census, correct? Because back in the 50s, this question, the citizenship question was on the census. Well, depending upon who you ask, they stopped asking it in the 50s, or I've seen a lot of credible sources saying that the question actually remained on the census questionnaire until they introduced the short form in the 1980s, and it's actually still on the long form. So I'm not sure. And this is a perfect example of how insignificant 
this was, no one really knows when the last time it was asked was because it was just a common part of census practice for so long. There are some that say that the, the blue states that are losing, uh, in fact, in 1950, the New York delegation had 45 members of the House when they asked this question, and today it has 27, but that the population growth has been in other states that are low-tax, high-economic freedom states, and that's where the, the movement of the population has been, like Texas, Utah, and Florida. Uh, that's 100% correct. And I mean, if you look at the example of California, uh, my parents recently visited Sedona, Arizona. They'd been there about 10 years ago, and they told me that the population has doubled. And when they were asking people about what happened, they said that this was all flight from California, that people had become fed up with all the misguided policies and the government missteps in California. So they're leaving in droves, and they're going to Arizona and Texas. So while I have you on the phone on a different subject, is we now have a number of counties in California that are striking back and in adopting and involving themselves in the Trump administration's lawsuit uh, as it relates to the sanctuary designation of the state. And many counties say we do not want to be part of that designation. Well, it's about time. I mean, I applaud Orange County for doing that this uh uh, notion that states do not have to comply with federal law if they don't like it is dangerous because it sets up a situation where whenever you don't like a law because it doesn't accord with your local politics, you can simply just decide to ignore it. And that's not the case. The Supremacy Clause of the Constitution says federal law is supreme. And it's interesting because the, the California Attorney General is now slightly walking back his position and saying, well, we think it's important that information be shared with the federal government. We're not telling people not to cooperate. We're telling them how they must cooperate. And the fact is, both of those arguments are foolish because under the supremacy clause, federal law is supreme, and they do have to cooperate with federal authorities on issues like immigration and other areas of federal responsibility. Well, isn't that kind of socialist as well? You're going to tell me how I must cooperate? I don't have the right to choose how? It's alarming. It is extremely socialist. I mean, California is engaging in Leninist and Maoist tactics, and it's frightening to see that happening in the United States. I mean, I, I would... It would seem to me I I I, I could be as uh, cooperative as I want to be, <laughs> I mean, and, and actually go out of my way to help if if that's what I so desire. Well, it seems to me that if you're a law enforcement official and you're confronted with an issue of federal law, then you have an obligation to go out of your way to help because you took an oath to support and defend the Constitution. So I'm not sure where some of the sheriffs that have come up with all these cockamamie arguments about cooperation with law enforcement and, and so on and so forth. My experience working for ICE is that illegal aliens aren't interested in talking to the police about anything unless they're going to get something in return. And the ones who have committed the crimes want plea bargains to cooperate, and the ones who have witnessed the crimes want some kind of immigration status. And there are numerous federal programs uh, that allow for law enforcement agencies to do that. There's the STNU visas. There's a program under the Violence Against Women Act. So a lot of this is manufactured outrage that is designed to support the Democrats' overall plan to get a mass amnesty. Well, Matt O'Brien, Director of Research for Federation for American Immigration Reform, we really appreciate you joining us, and we appreciate your insight. Thank you. All righty. We'll be right back after the break. We want to hear what you're thinking. What do you think?